0: of the gospel, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare a way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing, the wilderness, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And in all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with clothed clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The high five. Uh, Kids, you're dismissed. You guys can head on. Following Holly. Holly the The Pied Piper of Children. We uh, we do the same like kind of lesson for our Wednesday night, and we act, like I'm super excited. We got to do it this last week, the first one of uh, for our Wednesday night, and it was a blast. We uh, were doing Space Pirates versus uh uh pirate no space space Squirrel space space, ninja. space ninjas. Thank you guys, thank you. Space ninjas versus pirate squirrels. So if you're like, what in the world is going on? You should come to Wednesday night and find out what's going on. Uh, but really, what we do, like, it's these fun things that are then we use to talk about some deeper things and some some different things. And right now we're into the story of uh, the Israelites getting to go into Jerusalem. And so it's really, it's a fun thing where they have to take over the Canaanites, and, and it's, a, it's a blast. It's a good time. It's actually a, uh, what's, it's a game show that the kids actually participate in where the two teams fight against each other. And so it's really fun. It's pretty exciting. It gets gets a lot of shouting, a bunch of Bible answers, which is really fun. So so we are uh, we just finished our series last week about trustworthy sayings. So we, we worked through what Paul had written to Timothy and then what Paul had written one time. Uh, now he had a whole book, but one time where he specifically said, this is a trustworthy saying. And so Paul worked through those different, those five different things that we were able to then kind of gleam from of how we are supposed to, to kind of get better and be better and, you know, be more like Christ as the church and all that kind of fun stuff. And then I started reading this book, like I said last week, about how to make Sunday morning worship connect to Monday work. Because sometimes we kind of see this as something that is really, really great and really, really valuable, but sometimes there's this disconnect between Sunday morning and Monday morning. We kind of say, like, Sunday was great, now I need to go to work. And you kind of forget what happened on Sunday. So through lots of, lots of personal prayer and lots of talking with a bunch of different people, I kind of decided that maybe a series called Ask Me About Sunday might be kind of fun. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm actually really excited about it. I'll give you guys, uh, one, if you're on our Facebook page, first part is, it's not working today. Second part, uh, we will have another video. We had a video kind of like leading up to this, where I, in a very awkward way, sat here and shot a video talking about this. Um, but that'll happen again. So if you found that uh, mildly amusing, or uh, super exciting, or cringeworthy, whatever it was for you, then, uh, then it will happen again. But what we're going to do is we're actually going to create some uh, media for you guys to be able to use on social media. And found a way, if you guys have ever seen on like profile pictures where they have like the things underneath it, that'll actually, that'd be a thing that we have as a, as a congregation where you can update your profile to have Ask Me About Sunday on there. And there'll be uh, phone backgrounds that you can use. There's, um, you can update cover, cover photos on your, on your Facebook page, you know, just things that we're trying to do to equip you guys to have people ask the question, what happened on Sunday? And in doing so, you guys have to have something to talk about, you know. Like that's not just enough. Like if we just like close it up and say, now go home, and be like, somebody asked me about Sunday, and they're like, well, the worship was killer. That was super good. Uh, that's about. That's all we did. Uh, but no, we are going to start a series where we're actually working through the Gospel of Mark. So if you have your Bibles, whether uh, paper version or digital version or memorized, then you need to. I'm I'm in English, so if you're a Greek person, then uh, we're in English here. Um, But Mark chapter one, Casey read for us chapter one verses one through eight, and what we're actually going to kind of settle into is verses nine through eleven, which is Jesus being baptized, which to me is a super exciting thought process and a super exciting thing to get into, and it's a it's a very special, unique kind of baptism. But I thought. The best way for us to, to like really kind of get a, a good glimpse into like unique special baptisms is I found this video on the internet of this kid getting baptized. You guys probably already know what I'm, uh, what I'm talking about, but this kid was super excited about getting baptized. So if you guys want to roll that. the water off of his Bible. Somebody commented on this video that the, the, the preacher needed to be baptized again, too. I've been a cash for 25 years. And that's first. He says he's been doing it for 25 years and that's the first that's a first for him that'll be the last he says it was kind of a hard audio to hear so he says in 25 years that's the first and that he says that guarantee you that's the last time that'll happen uh i don't know what baptism was like for you i don't know how excited you were about baptism i'm gonna assume that you didn't cannonball into the baptistry um but I know for myself, like I was super excited about baptism. It was July of 2003. I had gone to this conference that we, we go to, MOVE. Back then, it was called CIY you know, Summer Conference, they called it. And, uh, and it was day three, accepted Christ into my life. Day four, decided to get baptized. Day five, go home. Then Sunday, the, the following week, I you know, had a buddy of mine baptize me. And it was the most exciting day for me. I left excited. You know, I left ready to tell the world about my baptism. And, and still to this day, I use my story of being baptized to talk to other people about their faith, about accepting Christ, about maybe what it looks like to be baptized for them. You know, what I, you know, am excited for them to get baptized. You know, all these kind of different things. And maybe in your own life, that's the truth for you as well. Maybe for you, baptism was an exciting thing that still to this day you use and talk about and engage people with to uh, to encourage them and to spur them on, but my baptism, your baptism, and this kid's baptism weren't the only most exciting, unexpected baptisms. You know, Mark chapter one verses nine through eleven show us another unexpected baptism, a baptism that threw off the person that was being baptized even. We have this Jordan River scenario in the Judean wilderness, some two thousand plus years ago. Jesus of Nazareth comes to John the Baptist and requested baptism. John backed away from the request, but Jesus pursued John to baptize him in a simple setting, void of ornamentation and convenience. And this was the most significant baptism ever to occur. So Matthew or Mark, chapter one nine through 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. As soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. So it was unusual in the sense that the son of God asked John, an ordinary man, To baptize him. It was unique because the voice of God was heard saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's not normal. I don't know about you when you were baptized, but that didn't happen for me. I haven't seen that happen, so I would say that is a very unique, unexpected scenario. Then the heavens opened, and Jesus saw the Spirit of God, who Jesus himself says is greater that will come after me the Spirit of God, descending on him like a dove. The gospel writers include Jesus' baptism in the record because it is of in great importance, but not for the same reason that we get baptized. We can apply practical lessons from our Lord's baptism to our lives. So I want us to look at three specific lessons that we have. The first is that he did baptism with unhesitating obedience. We are told little of what actually happened in Jesus's life leading up to this, uh, this baptism. It was somewhere in the area of about 18 years between his visit to the temple where uh, his parents left him, and he decided to tell all these adults about how great God was, and they were all wowed. So it was 18 years between these two stories. And Jesus goes all the way from Nazareth in Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized. We are told little of it all. We don't really know, but when Jesus went to John, he ended the period of silence and he emerged from this and into his amazing ministry. A response to Jesus's baptism showed an unhesitating obedience to the Father's will. Often we hear things like, was Jesus, wasn't Jesus different? From others who John baptized? Like, obviously, right? They needed to confess their sins, like other people, the Pharisees and and the the lost, needed to confess their sins. And their baptism signified their repentance. But that's not what Jesus went there for. So, why would Jesus need to be baptized? Has to be a question that that is driven by reading Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. If John's baptism was for repentance from sin, why was Jesus baptized? While even the greatest prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they all had to confess sinfulness and and a need for repentance, Jesus didn't have to admit any sin. Not because he was better than that, because he had none. He had none to confess. Could you imagine, just take a moment, as a parent where you have a kid that doesn't have to confess sin, whether or not they do confess it or not, I can't. Could you imagine being a sibling to a brother that didn't have to confess sin? Man, that would be, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. Just something, something fun that I think about every once in a while, where I'm like, man, what was it like to be, be James? Like, you start to understand why James uh, wasn't super excited until the resurrection to even, to even go towards Jesus. You know, you're like, ah, there goes Jesus again, not sinning. <laughs> Although Jesus didn't need forgiveness, he was baptized for six specific reasons. One, if you want to pop that up there, sorry, I didn't give you my sermon. One was to confess sins on behalf of the nation. This was actually a standard that was uh, practiced within the Jewish religion, Okay. This was, baptism-sized stuff wasn't, the something being done for the forgiveness of the nation was a practice. There was sacrifices that were made for the sins of a nation, you know, not just one specific person, like their own, like the priest's sin, there was those sacrifices as well, but there was a specific sacrifice that was made for the nation, and that's what Jesus does first. Number two was to fulfill all righteousness, Matthew 3.15, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, to fulfill all righteousness in order to accomplish God's mission and advance God's work in the world. Number three, to inaugurate his public ministry to bring the message of salvation to all people. Number four, to show support for John's ministry. This was a clear statement that Jesus fully believed in what John was called here to do. John himself in verses 1 through 8, shows us that he was preparing the way for Jesus. Preparing the way for one greater than him. And we see, you know, in Matthew, we see evidence of, of that being true as well, even before they were out of the womb, you know, John flipping and, and being excited um, and all that kind of stuff like that. But this is a on-earth representation. 30, 30 years later, after Jesus being born, Jesus comes along and, uh, and supports John's ministry. I'm sure this wasn't the first, but this is the most public that ever happened. Number five, to identify with the um, penitent people of God, thus we humanists of sinful mankind, okay? So it's this idea that Jesus was saying, I am like you. I am fully human, but I am also fully God. Because then he gives the final one, because he didn't need to be baptized. The final one is to give us an example to follow, So we see here that Jesus submitted to his baptism as a sign simply of obedience. He did it because God was calling him to do that. He dedicated himself openly to God's will and purpose for his life. So these, to understand why Jesus got baptized, now desires the question, why have we or why do we? And the same thing is true because we want to seek after the obedience of, of God's will and for his purpose for our life. And that's our response of baptism. Behind every baptismal service is a person who submits to the will and the purpose of God for his or her life. You make that statement of faith I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Not just like that could be a possibility, but you say, I believe he is that. He is my Lord and Savior. Our baptism shows a willingness to obey God's will. Baptism marked a significant commitment in our Lord's life, just the same as a statement for us. He did that as an unhesitating obedience to God's will. How often do we do things that we know are clearly God's will, and we do it with such hesitation? And Jesus did something that he really didn't have to do. He didn't have to be baptized for forgiveness of sins. That wasn't the necessity of Jesus' baptism, but he did it unhesitating. He did it without wavering at all. Number two, the second lesson that we see from this is an intimate identity. When Jesus requested baptism, John hesitated. So if you want to open up to Matthew chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. says but john tried to stop him saying i need to be baptized by you and yet you come to me and then jesus says this allow it for now because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness then john allowed him to be baptized could you imagine you being put in that situation with john The whole time you're living your life, you know, wearing weird clothes and eating locusts and honey. And you're like, this is what God's called me to do is to baptize and to call people out of their sins. And then all of a sudden Jesus comes and says, I want to be baptized. And you know, there's other scriptures that say that John specifically said, I'm not even worthy of tying your sandals. I'm not even worthy of of touching your feet, let alone baptizing you. And Jesus says that it needs to be done. Jesus came to identify with people's needs. He did not come merely to meet the righteousness requirement of the law, but he came to fulfill all righteousness because the demands of righteousness could not be fulfilled by human timing, by human people. Jesus came to identify with people and to help them fulfill righteousness. Jesus came for us to be connected to God. He set the example for us to follow. Believers submit to baptism as a symbol of identification. When you are baptized into Christ, when you, you know, get in the water and you accept the, the commitment of faith and you are baptized, you are submerged into the water, you are making an identity statement. You are saying, I am now a follower of Christ. Believers submit to baptism because it is that symbol. The third lesson is a divine anointing. So we have the first one is that Jesus did the baptism because he obeyed God. He did it without hesitating. The second one is Jesus did that so that we could see how our identity is similar to what God is calling us to do with Jesus. And then the third and final one is something that's very special just to Christ, that it is a divine anointing. The question starts to be asked, maybe not in your own life, or maybe not in anybody you know, but the question starts to ask is, is this necessary? Like, does God care about baptism? And if we were to use this, the, the physical story here from Mark, and we are to say, well, did God care about Jesus's baptism? The answer has to be an obvious Like, yes. Like, if I didn't want to hurt your ears, I'd be shouting. Like, yes. Like, God cares deeply about baptism. And he showed how deeply he cared about baptism by what he does after Christ gets baptized. What followed Jesus' baptism shows the interest that God took in the event. The heavens opened up, the descending of a dove, and the booming voice of God's approval One could discover many, many figurative meanings of these events. Yet one prevalent truth prevails over all the others that God anointed Jesus for a special, specific ministry. Jesus received an anointing from the Father. The testimony of sight and sound from the Father revealed that he was blessing. He was calling Christ to be the Savior, for the most unusual ministry that ever hit this earth. Reading about Jesus' ministry yields the conclusion that God had a special anointing for him. But here's how we make this focus back to us, so that way we can go and tell others, is each baptized believer also receives this anointing that God gives. It's not the same calling that Christ gets, we're not savior, but we are anointed when we are baptized into his family. God pledges us his presence. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22 talk about this. So if you want to flip um, flip to there, I had it marked and then um, it popped out. So give me two seconds to, to get there. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And it's verses 21 and 22. Now it is God who strengthens us together with you in Christ, who has anointed us. He has also put put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. So Jesus was baptismal mark of time, was when God anointed him with this unique kind of special way, this manner that was like nothing else. Heavens opening up, doves ascending, audible voice of God. I mean, I I just sends chills thinking about being at that baptism and what happened on that glorious day. But just the same, our baptism is as important as is, is important as well. It marks time just like Jesus' baptism did. When we are anointed to serve in God's mission, to go and to, to seek the lost, to go into all the world, baptizing all the nations, making disciples, you know, we're called to be disciples that seek to make disciples. Jesus is the son of God in and, and all of his own. His baptism rises above and beyond every other baptism but it sets an identification a marking an obedience that we are to run after and it's true that that all who open their lives to Christ become children of God and when we, when we trust the Lord we submit to an unusual experience baptism is not a common thing that you see everywhere you know to to start working for a company you're not baptized That would be strange if you're like hey i'm so glad you're working at mcdonald's could you step out back here and let's submerge you under some water that would be strange that's not normal because it's unique it's special it's an experience that is only known to what christ calls us to do to die to ourself being submerged in water and to being raised to life in christ jesus's baptism pictures what happens when a person makes a decision for god there's a decision for god and a submission to god our baptism shows a willingness to obey god's will there is a beginning and an identification with god and his people does the world know that you have been identified with god does god does does the world know that that you have a symbol of identification in baptism Do your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, your family, do they know? Let them ask this question, what happened on Sunday? Be prepared to say, ask me about Sunday. Ask me, what happened? And then be prepared to tell them about your baptism or about this story of Jesus' baptism. There's also, there's a commissioning and an empowering. Are you and I being faithful to this calling, to this work, that we have before us the empowering of our savior into the world there is the approval and the encouragement of god is god approving of our service and life for him is he satisfied with how i am living and serving him is he encouraging me to continue on in what i am running towards Is, is what i'm running towards is that the will of god is he encouraging me to do more be more, to serve more, to give more, to witness more? How do you see lost people? How do you see people that don't know Christ? Do you see them as, as burdens or do you see them as opportunities to, to share your faith? This week, like I said, on our Facebook page, you're going to have the opportunity to to actually kind of get behind this this movement, this series. And I'm going to like I said, I'm going to have this video and shed a little bit more light into uh, to what this is all about and what what you're being called to and and how you can kind of motivate. I'm going to strive to keep the videos to a minute. So if uh, you're the kind of person that that doesn't like to sit on your phone for a long period of time watching one specific video, then then that's that's the strive is that we're we're about one minute on the video. So so don't kind of be like, ah, here he goes again. So. We're striving for them to be short. If you want to share them out, they can be shared out. But we're, we're just striving to equip and to prepare you to be ready to be asked about Sunday. We have some really exciting ways for you to be equipped. And maybe for you, that's, that's talking about the sermon and what you learned. Or maybe for you, it's picking out a story, maybe in your own life, maybe in, from the scripture, and to go and tell others. And maybe it's something that maybe happened in Sunday school or something from worship, or whatever it was. When we come to Sunday morning, we should be prepared to go to work on Monday, to go into the world on Monday, to go to the grocery store, to go to the library, to, to go to the gas station, and to see people as Christ sees people, and to be ready to be able to, to ha- be empowered, to, to be okay with being asked about what, what was Sunday about. Ultimately, it's not in the specifics, and I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that this is what we all have to go out and talk about, because we're not robots. Because what I think was more important, you might not think was that important. But the strive and the hope is that we find something in our time that we invest on Sunday morning to talk to other people about. So let's take this unusual baptism of our Lord and our Savior into the world and to be equipped to share the good news of jesus christ we're going to worship some more and we're going to have communion but let's pray father god i thank you i thank you for this baptism for christ doing this not out of necessity or forgiveness for sins but instead out of obedience and a willingness to follow you and i pray that we in the same way that we are being obedient and that we are following you because you call us to something great. Father, we, we pray as we leave here that, that this doesn't stay just in these seats or under this roof, but instead it goes into the world to, to make followers of you. I pray for a revival of baptisms in your name and for people to, to accept you as, as Lord and Savior. Father, we pray all this in Christ's holy, wonderful, beautiful name. Amen. Thank you for your son and the sacrifice he made for us. It is in his name we pray. Amen.